Well, welcome back to season two of the Core for Life podcast, where we will continue to promote growth and accountability in four key pillars, be fit, be driven, be noble, and be chill, all centered around our foundation in Christ. We had a ton of fun in season one. We learned a lot from each other and also over 20 guests that we had on. We're very excited to get going on season two and kick things off with our first guest, Jared Lopes. Also very appreciative of our church, Redemption Chapel, who for some reason trusted us enough to do this podcast live at their men's conference back in April. Luckily, it turned out great, and we got some awesome content from Jared that will speak into a lot of the things that we struggle with uh, and think about as men, husbands, and fathers. For those that don't know, Jared is a Christian author, speaker, and founder of the Dad Tired podcast, and Dad Tired is a nonprofit ministry focused on equipping men to, to lead their family well. Uh, so he hosts the Dad Tired podcast, which has been downloaded millions of times by men from around the world. Uh, so hopefully this podcast with Jerry will have some impact on how you live out your daily life. If our podcast in general is making any type of an impact for you, please subscribe to the podcast, like us on Facebook and Instagram, share this with your friends and family so that we can continue to encourage more and more men to come to know and grow in their relationship with Christ. So without further ado, let's get into season two, episode one with Jared Lopes. Well, hey, thanks guys for uh, coming out to the Core 4 Life podcast and uh, very excited to have Jared Lopes here with us tonight. I'll apologize, I guess, because we are taking up more of your time and <laughs> we do we, we appreciate everything that you're doing coming here to Redemption Chapel from Portland, Oregon. So it's a it's not a it's not a short trip. So we do uh, appreciate you taking the time and coming out here, yeah. spending a little time with us and getting to hear see some of the listeners out. We got a live audience tonight, so uh, give them a, an extra little treat from you tonight. So you know one thing too, and you were mentioned something in the uh, the first session that we did tonight about you know hey we had 160 guys in the in the room and it's just crazy to see that those guys worshiping and getting to know more about uh christ and hearing so you know god's moving through there but you mentioned hey the enemy's moving as well and uh, and anybody that's been trying to pursue god and pursue christ you you can feel that you feel him uh moving around as well and trying to prevent you from growing closer to god so can you expound on that a little bit and just uh, what what you were talking about. Yeah, I th- I, it's funny, man, in the Christian world, like we, we talk about Jesus, which is, if you're not Christian, it is a, it's, it's a hard thing to believe, you know, like my sister's an atheist, and she'd be like, you're talking to God? Like, well, it seems so weird. Um, but we talk about that pretty comfortably in the church world, but we, I think we have a hard time talking about the demonic side of things, because uh, it feels even more like Ooh, like, what are we talking about here? You know, this is kind of like a scary movie. But, uh, I mean, the Bible talks about the enemy a lot. The Bible talks about the the um, the darkness that is fighting and waging war against our soul. And so I, what I said tonight during the conference was, you know, sometimes I've been at churches or I've been part of Christian communities that are, we over-spiritualize things. And we just make, we, we blame the devil for everything. The devil made me do this, devil made me do that. And sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know if he deserves that much credit. You know, mm-hmm. you, you might be, that might be on you, you know, your own sinful desires and, and nature. Um, but, um, and then there are other, there are other culture or church communities that under spiritualize. And I think we just don't talk enough about that. There really is a war being waged for souls. And so um, I, I think that 
you know, as a as somebody that's trying to be a disciple of Jesus and follow Jesus, we just have to recognize it is real. We don't want to be um, over spiritualize everything, but we do have to recognize that that there is very real times where the enemy is at work and um, trying to throw us off. Yeah. You mentioned like there was a sleepless night last night. Yeah. So you had a late flight, and then you're just tossing and turning in your bed, and it wasn't until listening to the music and uh, hearing these guys just praising God, worshiping God. And then it hits you like that, that moment wouldn't have come if you hadn't had that sleepless night, you know, you wouldn't have recognized that, uh, the enemy is acting against you in that sense and could be trying to act against the conference. Like it's crazy to think that those things are happening. Like those, those are actual assaults on our, on a different realm. Yep. And I, and I think that, you know, I'm just not, I'm not smart enough to know all that's (laughs) happening, you know? And so for me, it just felt like a restless night. But when it kept going and kept going and kept going, um, I did, I think I, God was gracious enough to maybe tune me into what was going on for me to actually stop and pray and be like, man, God, what, is there something deeper here? Because part of me is just like, did I eat something weird? Is it just because I have a seven week at home and I need to sleep more? Um, But I, I think the spirit was gracious enough to be like, draw me in. Like, man, there's something bigger happening. And then, like you said, when I got here and I see all these men in the room and you could just see like God's already at work. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Thank you, Lord, for like tuning me into something that's bigger. There's a bigger story happening that's above my thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, that's I think we're all trying to continue to grow in our faith here. That's why we're here. That's why we got listeners here to this podcast, your podcast. And uh, it's just something you don't think about a lot. You're, there's forces out there that are trying to take us down. So I yeah. uh, didn't mean to get too deep in the beginning. We haven't gotten too much of the background, but it just it stuck out to me from the uh, from the conference and yeah. it's something to think about. But uh, I know with, we know we got some of your listeners out here, so they know a little bit about you and, and your heart for God and what you're all about. But you mind just giving us uh, a little background on, on yourself? Yeah, um, like personally or ministry wise what, what would yeah, be just most a little help? personal background i know yeah. you left your yeah your seven week old and you got three other ones yeah at home, yeah so. so yeah so i'm married and to my wife who's making me more like jesus i really believe god strategically put her in my life to help disciple me to become more like him um we are opposite in so many ways and and i think that's just god's um, grace and sharpening me and revealing i always say i didn't know how sinful i was until i got married you know, <laughs> Amen. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even know I had an anger problem until I got married. It's, I thought I was a really laid back, patient dude. And then had kids. And right? then had kids. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, geez, I have like I've got real sin issues. Um, so, yeah, I got married to my wife. We've been married 11 years and we have four kids. A seven week old is our youngest. And then all the way up to a 10 year old and live in Portland, Oregon and do uh, ministry um, around the country trying to help men lead their family well that's awesome so we have uh we have four key pillars on our podcast we talk about be fit be driven uh, be noble be chill Uh, it's all backed by our faith and our uh, identity in christ and know that you focus on those things and everything that we've seen and listened to from you shows how driven you are uh, and also how noble you are with that side again with your identity focused in in christ so when did you know that you were going to get into ministry and pursue that, and how did that all get started? Yeah, I, well, I, th- I mean, I think it's an important, and I know you know this, but I, I think it's important to always, when we talk about getting into ministry, 
continue to remind people everyone's in ministry. Right. right. Uh, any, anyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus is, is part of the kingdom redemption work and, and needs to take it that seriously. Uh, I heard a lot of people when I worked in the church, uh, you know, I, I remember saying something, I can't remember exactly what the conversation, but the guy said, isn't that what we pay you for? <laughs> yeah. And he kind of laughed, but I was like, oh, you, but I think you're actually serious. I think you actually think if you just, you show up here and you, you pay your tithe, that um, that we'll take care of the rest. And it's just so important, man. All, all of us are in this together. So, but it, as far as vocational ministry, like dedicating full-time into the ministry, um, I, I won't go into too deep of a story as a kid, but I really believe that God um, put a call on my life as a young kid, as a boy. Even even when I was nine, I was telling people I wanted to be a pastor when I grew up. I wanted to tell people about Jesus, and that never wavered. It wasn't like it was like a, uh, you know, it's a fate. Like my son right now wants to be a professional soccer player, but tomorrow he'll want to be a firefighter, right? <laughs> right, right. So all kids do that, but I that never wavered. I always knew I wanted to spend my life telling people about Jesus. And I grew up in, um, for lack of better words, the ghetto. Like we, it was a really poor area in California. I got asked to do drugs at nine for the first time. Wow. Uh, my neighbor, who was a close friend, was 12. She got pregnant at 12. Um, we just, I remember the FBI raiding my neighbor's house as a kid, which, uh, where we grew up was close enough for me to touch like out my window. We were just right next to each other. So really like it was a very violent, um, a lot of crime. And so uh, to all that to say, there wasn't a lot, Christianity wasn't like a thing that people were talking about a lot and a lot of darkness on our street and in our neighborhood. And um, so you learned, I had to learn early how to talk to my friends about God in a way that made sense to their life. Like, how do you talk to your friend about God who's pregnant at 12 or whose house just got raided by the FBI or like when the, you're, you're getting asked to be part of a gang when you're a kid? And so you, it forced me to put language that was very real. Like, what is good news for them? And obviously as a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, you know, I didn't do that well. <laughs> sure. um, you but were I, an expert at nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking about it, yeah. and that kind of shaped the way that I I think I do ministry now, which is like, all right, for the dude that didn't grow up in church, and this doesn't really make sense for him. How do you how do you communicate the gospel so it makes good? It still sounds like good news to them, mm-hmm. right? Right where they're at in their real life. Um, I don't know if that fully answered your question, but that, that struck me yeah. as you know part of your talk earlier today. You talked about how. You're a Christian from Portland, which is rare, right? And you were a Christian from California, which is rare. And you're a Christian in a family of atheists, right? Yeah. Mostly atheists. Yeah. So, like, how do you how do you approach that? Because you're also you're thinking about how you take the gospel to people who maybe haven't heard it, but then you're taking the gospel and showing the gospel to people who maybe want to reject it. Yeah. So, can you talk about that a little bit? There, there was a time, man, where I like. I had to get to the point in my life where I didn't carry the burden of somebody else's salvation. Hmm. And um, that was a really kind of a freeing thing for me because I really carried that pretty heavily. Like if I don't say the right words at the right time, they won't be saved and they won't get to be with Jesus forever. And um, I'm a believer. I know this is a big theological topic, but I just believe in God's sovereignty, I believe when He's pursuing people, and so I always tell people, um, if Jesus said, "Be fishers of men," then go after hungry fish. Mm. Who who do you recognize that the Spirit is already working, and then just go be part of that? And I just 
I'm just going to present the gospel as many times as I can, as often as I can, through words and actions, and then I just trust the Holy Spirit to do the saving. Yeah. And so for my family or, and friends who don't know Jesus and don't seem to have an interest, um, I try to live a life that looks different. If a conversation comes up, I bring it up. We'll see what happens. Sometimes there's like, oh, man, maybe God is working right now. Hmm. And we go deeper there. And then other times it's not. And you're just like, yeah. I, I just trust God to do the saving because I, I can't change anybody's heart. So I have to trust the Holy Spirit to do it. And yeah, one of our... One of our previous guests, Jamie Borchick from Athletes in Action, he talked about being on a scale. Uh, you know, people are on a scale of conversion, and zero would essentially be putting your faith in Christ. And then, if you go on the positive, you're building your relationship with Christ. And if you're in the negatives, like maybe you're just moving somebody up a notch yeah. from a negative five to a negative four, yep. and just letting God do that work in their life to to continue that slide up the scale. So That's that, a good way of saying it. We we say kind of a family motto that we have is we want everybody to leave our house closer to Jesus than when they came. That's awesome. And that's the same. Mm-hmm. So they may be a negative five, but maybe we, after dinner, they're a negative four. <coughs> tacos, right? Tacos. <laughs> that's right. We use tacos yeah. as our strategic <laughs> missionary <laughs> strategy. Everybody likes tacos. <laughs> everybody likes tacos. Yeah, no, that's all. That's It's so good because I mean, we've talked about it a lot because we all have business jobs and we try to bring our ministry into the work and it, it can feel like, can feel like you're not making any kind of an impact right because you feel like you're spinning your wheels you just nothing's happening right but we don't know what's going on in people's hearts yeah. you know so we we talk about it and we try to try to do as best we can but it's it's not easy so we're praying for opportunities to 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 help make an impact we don't know hopefully one day down the road someone comes and says hey you made an impact on me but yeah which we're not living for that we're living for god to to do that work yeah. in them i love to fish and I fish a lot with my kids and you just go where the fish are biting. And sometimes the fish aren't biting in a certain area and you move to a spot where they are biting. Um, and so I, I can almost guarantee you that God is working in somebody's life. He's pursuing somebody right now at each of your workplaces. Mm. And so as a good fisherman, I'm just searching for that hole. Mm. Yeah. Who is it? I, I'm becoming a student and I, I heard somebody say this once, and I love it, but your, your work is paying you to be a missionary at that place. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and they don't that's know a, it. They don't, good, they don't know it. That's a good way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. But they are certainly fu- don't. They're, <laughs> they're funding the ministry, and they don't know it. Yeah. But if your mindset is, I'm a missionary here sent by God to see who's, who God is pursuing, and my employer just happens to be paying for that ministry purpose, uh, it just changes the way you view people. And they usually pay higher than a church, too. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, not, yeah, yeah. it's not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so important, too. Like you said before, there's not that, we'll talk about it a lot, like there's not that sacred-secular divide between, hey, when it's it's sacred when I'm in church, when I'm, you know, yeah. worshiping, and then it's everything else secular the right. rest of the week. Right. But that, that needs to be married in the Christian's life so that we're doing that ministry at work and we're looking for those opportunities and so often, like, we're just trying to get through the email, trying to get through the day, get on to the rest of your, you know, rest of your week or doing fun things. And you kind of, if you're not looking for those opportunities, you're, you're not going to find them. It's huge, man. I think, I think one of the most uh, greatest things that somebody can do and a man can do as far as evangelism goes is to wake up and to pray, God, who are you working in at my work? And what would it look like for me to partner with you in their redemption story? Mm-hmm. Just changes the way you send that email. Yeah. Changes the way you have that conversation. Yeah, and the whole way you're looking at your coworkers. Totally. Mm. Yeah. I think that relates back to what we, you know, uh, 
earlier in the conference, we put our hands up and prayed and got into that kind of like you surrender. Yeah, you surrender. Mm-hmm. You know, you ha- you're in that position of just you can't defend yourself. You're yeah. putting everything out there. Vulnerability. I think being in that vulnerable posture all the time and at work is yeah. something that is scary to do, but For it's sure. absolutely necessary to yeah. be those missionaries everywhere you go. Yep. Yeah. But man, you have one conversation with a coworker and you, when you shift that perspective and then you have one conversation, which God can use rocks, right? He can yeah. use rocks and trees. Yeah. Um, my wife gave her life to Christ because she picked up a phone book and was scanning for something else and came across the church's section. This really? was in college. Really? And then decided to go to a church. Wow. And there was a message presented of the gospel. She gave her life to Christ. Mm. No Christian background. God used a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talked to yeah, younger kids. Yeah. They're like, what's a phone book? <laughs> yeah, like, what, what year was <laughs> this? <laughs> um, so God could use anything, but he might use you at work. And, and then you have one conversation. And I just promise you, everything changes. Just the, all, every, the way you look at all of it just completely changes. So Cool. Jared, how did you become a Christian? Um, like I said, I, <clears throat> my mom... My dad bailed when I was young. When I was three, he left. And so it was me and my mom and my sisters. And I think my mom took me to church as just like a desperate. She just needed help. Single mom could use some help with the kids. So she took, she would just drop me off there whenever they had anything going. <laughs> like, mom, this is a <laughs> senior women's prayer meeting. Just go, you know. Don't want to play with a kid. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so she she just dropped me off there all the time. I remember being at the, it's funny in hindsight. I'm like, I was there a lot. Um, she just dropped me off. But man, I, I, for whatever reason, I remember I would sit in the front row of the church and during the service, and I would uh, just be so locked into what the pastor was saying. Uh, fascinated that somebody was talking about God like in that way. And, and so I, God just captured my heart early. I think he did because I'm, I can be cynical at times. I think it's a sinful part of me, but I can be cynical. And I think if God didn't set such a strong foundation as a kid, I probably would have bailed as an adult or at least, I don't know what the, again, I believe in God's sovereignty, but the way that he saved me was like, there's been so many times in my life as an adult that I've looked back at my relationship with God as a child that I'm like, God, you've been so good to me for my whole life. I, how can I bail? Even when I want to bail, mm. how can I bail? Mm. So, yeah. So, talking about the church and ministry, we know that your ministry was in the church for a long time, and then you started up the Dad Tired podcast. How can you tell us a little bit about uh, that transition? What happened there, and and how Dad Tired got started? Yeah, it sucked. That <laughs> 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 was like, terrible. Um. I was in ministry for like, I think about 12 years, helped plant a church with a friend that went really, really bad, badly, bad. I don't know what yeah. the proper word Count is. it yeah. either yeah. way. Awful. <laughs> Whatever. I was awful. And um, it was just really hard things. I'm giving you the P, G, the G version, <laughs> but it was just awful, man. And the, we really had kind of an explosion of relationship. It ended terribly me and this person that I helped started start this church with. And um, some really hurtful things were said. I had made a commitment. I'm never going to be in ministry again. It's like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. I went through a lot of identity crisis. I think I was depressed. Nobody clinically diagnosed me as being depressed, but in hindsight, 
I think I was showing all the signs of depression, being clinically depressed. And uh, I was deeply removed from my kids and my wife. Terrible husband, terrible dad. And um, Layla, one day we were in a fight. I actually thought for sure we were going to get a divorce. I was even looking in. I was playing out like the details of what it would look like for us to split custody Mm. and those kinds of things. And um, we were in the middle of a fight, which was really regular for us. And Layla looked at me and she said something. And then I said something back to her on purpose to be hurtful. Mm. Um, Just an immaturity. And then she got tears in her eyes. And I thought, oh, I'm winning the argument in my stupidity. (laughs) I thought, I'm winning the argument. And um, she looked at me and she has tears in her eyes. She said, Jared, I've been waking up every morning. I set my alarm for 2 a.m. And I've been going in the living room and I've been praying that God would capture your heart again. And I would say, man, I would have rather she cussed me out. You know, like I could have handled that way better. I was ready to like fight and slam doors. But you can't really slam the door when your wife says, I've been waking up at 2 a.m. to pray for you. So I think God used that to really chip away at some hard walls that I had built up in my heart. I, like a good millennial, I'm a millennial, I processed online what I was feeling. (laughs) I I didn't have a blog or any kind of ministry, anything, but I just basically wrote on Facebook this long blog that said, I feel like I'm terrible as a husband and dad, but I don't want to be. I had a son the same age that I was when my dad left, and that was really messing with me. So I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do to my son what I did to my, what my dad did to me. And uh, so I processed it online. And then that post, in, that particular post went viral. The mommy blog picked it up. <laughs> you know, there's lots of mommy blogs. Mommy blog picks it up because there wasn't very many people writing in the dad world, you know? Yeah. And it just went literally like millions of shares. Yeah. And then these guys were reaching out to me like, Hey man, I feel the same way. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm the husband and dad I want to be. And so I moved all those guys into a Facebook group and Facebook's like, what do you want to call the group? And I just, dad tired. It's just like a kind of a whim. I wasn't trying to start anything. And those guys were like, you should start a podcast. I knew nothing about podcast. Anyway, long story short, I feel like God tricked me back into ministry. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I'll show uh, you. Yeah. It's like, you know, here we are almost seven years later and it's full time. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? But that's how Dad Tired started, really out of a really <laughs> terrible season. Yeah. Well, it's cool to hear how God redeemed that season in your yeah. life and is continuing to to redeem that. Mm-hmm. And you can share that story now. And yeah. it's not... Yeah, it's funny now. It wasn't <laughs> funny then. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was awful, yeah. just sickening to go through. Mm-hmm. But then using that to reach out to thousands of other guys that are on the Facebook page that, um, you know share with each other, go through these trials together. And that's, you know, that's who we want to reach too. Cause like, those are the guys that we're trying to be like, we're trying to improve those things to build these balance, these pillars in our lives and build those on our foundation of faith. And it's just cool that they have a place to go to talk to each other yeah, and bounce ideas. I would say it's easier to find guys who will watch a game with you, you know, or throw axes with you. Know, we just threw axes for those of who are like, what the heck are you talking about? Um, it's easier to find guys that will do stuff like that. It's hard to find guys who will talk about this kind of deeper stuff. Like what guy is saying, Hey man, I feel like I suck as a husband and dad right now. Can we talk about it? You know, like nobody, it's really, we just don't know how to do that as men. So I, I love what you guys are doing. It's important. That's, I mean, that's how it got started is you know, we did a lot of stuff together. We have a lot of fun together mm-hmm. too. And that's part of it. That's part of the balance. But, you know, we had 
a lot of these types of conversations. We're all trying to be better dads, husbands, yeah. um, trying to be better uh, ministers in our jobs in any way mm-hmm. that we can and have these conversations. We're like, well, let's just start recording stuff and see what happens yeah. and try to reach as many guys as we can. I love so, it. I love it. Um, you know, and, and your podcast, like you said, it, it addresses it addresses the, the tired dad who's uh, working long hours at his job, who's coming home to multiple children, um, you know, has a wife that, again, God's called you to be that great husband too and a great father too. And again, it's, it's, it's tiring. What's one piece of advice? Because you've got four kids, a seven-week-year-old now at home. You guys have done fostering. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's, what's one piece of advice you'd give to the dad-tired person that's trying to be better and trying to be all that God has called them to be? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I think that um, what I would say to that guy is there is a big difference between being physically tired um, and your soul being weary. So physical exhaustion is kind of part of the game, especially if you've got young kids. But all of us are tired. Like even if you don't have young kids, like everyone's busy. Mm-hmm. We're all working. And uh, you're going to go to bed exhausted. But your soul shouldn't be tired. Mm-hmm. Your soul shouldn't be weary. If your soul's weary, that's like, a, that's like an indicator, a, a light on the dash that just went off that told, that's telling you something's wrong under the hood. I'm tired, dude. I'm tired right now. Like, if we stopped for five minutes, I'd probably be asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but my soul isn't weary. Yeah. My soul isn't tired. And so, if your soul's tired, then I would just ask yourself, like, what's going on in my relationship with the Lord that's calling, causing my soul to be so exhausted? Usually, if we're just totally honest, for men, there's probably some unconfessed sin. There's probably some stuff that needs to be repented of, mm. brought to the light. Um, probably aren't spending enough time with the Lord. There's Psalm one talks about the man that's planted near the, the man that meditates on the scriptures is like a man who's planted near a stream. Everything he does is prospering and producing fruit. Um, if you feel like a tree that's dying, then your soul is probably really tired. It means you're probably just not spending enough time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You're letting all kinds of other things speak to you and you need to get back to spending some time with Jesus. Um, so that would be my advice, man. Check your soul versus your body's always going to be tired. So would that be would that be your kind of piece of advice? You know, when you recognize that your soul is exhausted, not just your body is exhausted, just get back into the word. Like, is that kind of the, t- the one of the tips that you practice to refresh your soul? I guess. Yeah, man. I think a lot of us. I've been in seasons where I'm like, man, I feel far from God. I don't really feel close to God. Um, but I guess you just have to ask yourself: When are you letting? What at what point during your day or week? Do you stop to let God speak to you? You know, like, do you have any time where you're actually letting God speak to you? One thing I've been trying to do is have lunch every day outside in the quiet with no screens or technology Hmm. for 20 minutes. And I just pray, God, what do you want to speak to me? What do you want to say to me? I start my mornings if I'm if I can do this well disciplined with a morning routine. Part of that involves being in God's word. But then I just allow 20 minutes a day. To God, when do you, what do you want to say? We're, most people who have gone before us for thousands of years are, were used to silence. Yeah. They had a lot of it. <laughs> we have no silence built into our day. The one time it's silent is when we were about to go to bed, and it's usually when all the thoughts are racing in your brain, and then we try to numb out on something. I'm just going to turn on Netflix. I'm just going to look at my phone. I'm just going to read that article. I'm just going to do that something. We don't even let that time be silent. Um, and so... Yeah, my advice would be be silent. Mm. 
What is God trying to speak to you? Yeah. I'm quiet. That's great. Yeah. That is great. It's awesome that you have that ability to go outside and do that all year long, probably <laughs> in Portland. We well. get about we get about a month because about a half a month in the spring, half a month in the fall, and then otherwise it's too hot or too cold. So, well, I'm a. It's rainy all the time. Poor. I have That's a covered true. backyard little patio area, so I'll listen to the rain and stuff. But I think even that, just being in tune with um, things that aren't artificial. Yeah. You know, the rain, letting the rain, feeling the real cold. I don't know. I think there's something about it that's like brings you back to um, all the noise and the artificial everything that can be really distracting. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, tell me about, I mean, just you said your wife obviously keeps you in check spiritually like a lot as well, too. So you getting your own time obviously is hugely important. Do you guys take time together? How do you guys connect spiritually as as a couple? Um, Yeah. So one thing that we'd like to do is we'll read books together. But we don't read them physically together. We'll just read them at the same. Like when I'm traveling, I'll listen to an audiobook, and I know she's listening to the same book. Uh-huh. We just did that last week. And then we like to wake up before the kids. We have a seven-week-old, so right now that's <laughs> not very pot. She's like, no thanks, I'll keep sleeping if the baby's sleeping. But we used to like to wake up before the kids and just have a cup of coffee. And it's like I'm talking like 10 minutes. I'm not talking like yeah. 30 minute we're studying deep theology <laughs> it's like 10 minutes um to, to process and then i i know man um the times that my wife feels most led is when i pray with her i actually yeah. hold her hands and i just pray with her and i've heard so many wives say that um and i don't know why i don't i don't know what stops us from doing it, it stops me we from doing it more but um, I think if more men just prayed with their wives, they'd feel led spiritually. Just that one thing. Just yeah. pray with your wife. I think she'd feel. That really probably okay. what is most lacking in a lot of marriages. Mm-hmm. So I know it's lacking in ours. So I think most guys feel just intimidated by spiritual leadership. That's a yeah. leadership alone. That term alone is scary. Hey, do you want to be a leader? Uh, anyone that says they want to be a leader probably shouldn't be a leader. It's like, no, not picking you, you know. Uh, Because leadership's hard and scary. And then you throw the word spiritual in front of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you want to be a spiritual leader? It's like, no. Hard Like, (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what I'm doing. Um, So it feels really intimidating. But I would just say, if every guy just started with trying to pray with your wife, if you never pray with her, try praying with her once a month. And you will take a massive leap in spiritual leadership in in your marriage. I think I make it out to be like it has to be something so big and grand and special and a plan and um Use but it doesn't have to be flowery christian language as yeah you're you know i've got to get like the right study to do it in the right time like you said 30 minutes well it's not realistic it's not going to happen so I, I that's really good encouragement that hey 10 minutes hold your wife's hands pray a little bit dude let me give you some really good news uh if you pray long fluffy prayers <laughs> you're being disobedient Jesus said, don't do that. (laughs) He said, don't pray big, fancy prayers. Just pray simple, you know, Mm. prayers. So the more simple you can make it, I think you're being obedient to Jesus. Great. You got four simple guys here. (laughs) That's good news. I've been doing it right this whole time. That's good news. (laughs) Simple Matt. Simple Matt. That's right. Simple Andrew. Love you, God. Love you, wife. Amen. That's that's it. Check. Uh, that's awesome. No, that's it's all good stuff. Good tips. Um, you know, appreciate again you sharing. We do want to be cognizant of your time tonight, yeah. but I know talk about a little bit of our other pillars. Uh, we do a lot of CrossFit style 
yeah. uh, workouts. And we understand you had a similar experience to a <laughs> lot of the people that come in and work out with us for the first time. Uh, can you expand on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, it's funny doing in a podcast with CrossFitters. I wrote a chapter about <laughs> that. Uh, I, I won't bore everyone with the long details, but I happened to watch a CrossFit documentary as I ate a bowl of ice cream one night. <laughs> as you do. And, <laughs> and uh, it, as I'm watching it, my mind of like, my 19-year-old brain is like, dude, you could do this. You, know, it's like, you could absolutely do this. And so I kid you not, I'm very impulsive. Uh, it's a detriment to my family. Um, but woke up the next morning and told my wife, let's join a gym. She's like, no, you get winded peeling an orange. Like... I'm like, I'm in. Like, come on, let's do it. So <laughs> we signed up for uh, the gym literally the very next day after watching that CrossFit documentary. That's great. Went down, uh, signed up, and I was looking through the list of classes, and I saw a muscle conditioning class. I'm like, that sounds like that, that's CrossFit. Me. Yeah, <laughs> I got that. Yeah. <laughs> I need to condition these muscles. <laughs> and so I went down. I was, like, clothed. I wasn't even in gym clothes. I was, like, clothed. And... I asked the lady, I'm like, can we start today? She's like, as long as you sign the paperwork, you're free to start. So I went down, <laughs> it was downstairs. And so I went downstairs and when I get there, it's all old women. <laughs> there were no dudes, not one dude in the class, not one. And all of these women were much, much older than me. And I'm like, am I at the right class? I asked the instructor, I'm like, is this a co-ed class? She's like, absolutely, get in here. <laughs> and so get all the weights and stuff. And I'm like, this is not going to be CrossFit. Like, I'm watching these athletes the night before do these crazy things. I'm like, this is pathetic, you know. We get about 10 minutes in, and I can feel the Captain Crunch just sloshing <laughs> around in my stomach. I'm like, oh, no. So it's ice cream then, Captain yeah, Crunch? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a good eater. <laughs> I'm on the wrong podcast here. But uh, it was bad. And uh, literally, I literally, this is not a joke. I, we got about 15, 20 minutes in, and I went and hurled in the, uh, in the garbage can in the back. And had an old woman rubbing my back, like, are you okay, honey? <laughs> and, that uh, boosted your spirits. Yeah, ne never did that class We've all again. Been there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you haven't, man. No, no. Yeah. Literally, my first, my first CrossFit class, I was in the same, same position. No old lady rubbing my back. But, yeah, you know. I didn't know that part about the old, it was the old ladies' class. That's that's impressive. But. We've all puked in Matt's bushes a few times here. Well, yeah, I'm sure what you guys are doing is much harder than what I was doing, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Depends. <laughs> so what about what does fitness look like for you now? Sounds like maybe CrossFit wasn't a, wasn't a fit <laughs> no. for you. Uh, so what is what are you doing now? Why is it important to you in your life at this yeah, point? Yeah, I'm honestly terrible at a normal workout regimen. I'm terrible at it. Uh, my only way that I can burn any calories during the day or week is I coach my son's soccer, which I've been doing for years. And so I've always said... <laughs> I actually coached high school soccer for a long time before I was even a parent and even got married. And I always said, I will, I'm never going to ask our players to do what I'm not willing to do myself. Oh. So I'd do every drill with them and I'd run any, anytime I told them to run. So I still hold true to that. I nice. run with the kids every day. I play tons of basketball with my son out in the parking or out in our driveway. So me, for me, it's like if I have to have an objective, I can't run for running sake. That sounds like torture, <laughs> but I can run for competitive sake. And, um, so if, if we're playing any kind of sports, we play a lot of soccer in our backyard, a lot of basketball. And that kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Well, it sounds like a lot of what we're trying to do and we might work out, but a lot of it is just being enough in shape to 
be able to do that stuff yeah. with your kids. Yep. And that so was important to me too. I didn't want to, I, I wanted to keep up with the kids as much as I could see how long this old body lasts. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, you know, we talked a lot about your drive and your passion for Christ and what that's meant to you in your life. I mean, how do you, how do you balance all of that out and your family life and just a little bit of relaxing time, downtime? What does that look like for you? Um, so I have a, I say no a lot. That's a, and I don't say that to be funny. I really say no a lot. As, as many times as I can say no to something, I'm totally okay with it. And that's hard for me sometimes because I am, I think my personality trait can be a people pleaser. Um, but I've learned to say no. And the reason I say no a lot is because, uh, I feel really, really confident about three things God's called me to. He's called me to be a disciple. He's called me to be a husband and he's called me to be a father. Those three things will be with me when I die. Mm -hmm. Everything else changes. Nobody's going to be talking about me being a podcaster when I die. That may come and go an author, a speaker, whatever, you know, Jared had a like to camp or fish, but no, none of those things will go with me to my grave. Husband, father, disciple, those will. And so I say no to most things that don't involve me improving mm. in those three areas. Mm. Um, and I had a mentor who I, I wasn't smart enough to think through that. A mentor told me that he's like, Jared, you can have a million titles on your business card, but you will die. Husband, father, disciple, crush it at those things. Say no to everything else. Mm. And good. so that that's, what I'm trying to do as best I can. I feel like that's pretty clarifying and freeing at the oh, same yeah. time. Because yeah. when you recognize the things that fall into those categories, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, that'll totally help me in that area. That'll build me in that area. It's easy to say yes to the right things. That's that's it, great. If you don't designate your time, everyone else will have a plan for it. Mm. And I've found that to be so true. Jared, can you just do this? Can you guys just do this? Can you guys just do this? And, then, and almost even a guilt trip. Well, why... I mean, yeah. why? Why wouldn't you just come do this? This is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can say no with confidence because it's like, no, well, yeah. God called me to be that. I have to remind my, my wife of that like daily because she's like, are we jerks? <laughs> does, uh, does everyone think we're a jerk? And I'm like, some people probably do, yeah. but we know what we're called to. And we just keep saying yes to that. Can you, can you record a podcast at 1030 at night while you're in Ohio? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you must have you thought it would help. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why I said yes. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. We always like to give some resources to our to our listeners. Anything right now, from a, a book or podcast standpoint, that uh, uh, you would recommend, and feel free to give some selfless plugs of your own stuff as well. <laughs> I won't give any selfless plugs. Uh, I was telling one of the sixteen members of Core for Life podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we multiplied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, about a book uh, that I just read last week on a plan. Read, I listened to an audio book. I don't want to sound cooler than I am. <laughs> you know, I listened to it on two times speed too, so I flew through it. But it, it's not a Christian book, but it is a game changer for parenting. It's completely shifted my thinking in parenting. Uh, it's called Hunter, Gather, Parent. Mm -hmm. It is so good. Uh, I read that last week, and I'm still high off of that information. So that would be the resource I recommend today. You have a nugget? from there that you're kind of thinking thinking of that stuck with you yeah so uh essentially the premise is that we make in the in the west so america and europe uh we make uh assumptions about parenting like we've been doing this forever and the author spends time in hunter gather communities who've been a, a, a people group for thousands of years hmm. and so they're saying what if 
our perspective of parenting is very limited. We're seen through a very limited view because we've only been doing this for a couple hundred years. Um, and what would it look like to see some of these ways that other people have parented for thousands of years? And, uh, and it will just free you as a young parent. It'll free you from a lot of things that you think your kids need that millions and millions of kids have lasted <laughs> and done great without it. Yeah. Toys, for an example, yeah. plastic toys. You know, does my, does my two-year-old daughter need a toy kitchen or can she just go into the kitchen <laughs> yeah. and play with the real things, yeah. you know? So that's one of like thousands of examples she gives. So it's, re- it's really great, but really, really helpful. I think we've all been there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. my kids have thousands of toys and they play with the box that our furniture came in totally. for like months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how every kid around the world is. That's really a premise that she's making. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's, it's great. It's that's good cool. Book. Yeah. Well, awesome, Jared. Again, we really appreciate you taking some time uh, with us. And I think we got one more thing for you. Matt, you want to frame that up? Yeah, we heard that you like to bring a gift home to your wife. And wanted to make sure that you had at least something from Cleveland. So we picked out a little little goodie bag for you to take. Oh, dang, man. It's from from Mally's. Um, There should be enough for your wife, for your kids. Um, don't eat it all on the, on the she, plane ride back. She really likes chocolates, but, uh, right? Enjoy, ma'am. Yeah, so. That was super kind of you guys. Thank you for thinking of her. Should, I will be a winner as a husband. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's yeah. super cool. No, at least we could do. Again, yeah. really appreciate it. Awesome having yeah. you on, and I think the listeners will get a lot out of it. So. We should mention that we, we were drinking the Key Lime oh, right. LaCroix you'll, today. You'll be the first guest on our season two where we changed up our theme, and it's guest guest choice drinks. So... Uh, Key Lime LaCroix. There you go. Yeah. Tastes like a Skittle. <laughs> <laughs> it does taste like a Skittle. Yeah. Thank awesome, you, guys. Jerry. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks Appreciate so much it. for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Glad you could join us for another Core 4 Life podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please share this with a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Core 4 Life, or check out our website, core4life.com. That's core, F-O-U-R, life.com. Tune in next Thursday for another brand new episode. Core for life. Yep. I said a core for life. <laughs> <laughs> Dilly.